Wow. Man, I'm so, really, I'm so humbled and so blessed to be a part of such a beautiful people, this amazing church. I want to begin by praying, and I want to invite us all to enter into this prayer right now as we, as we bathe the Word of God, the spoken Word of God, the reading of God's Word, and then the receiving of God's Word so that it could turn into action. But I'm going to pray that we, that we all pray together, and let's ask God to open our minds, let's ask God to open our eyes, and let's ask the Lord to open our hearts so that we could see what God wants to do. And then when God shows us what he wants to do, guess what? We, the church, have to create ways to converse, not conversate, but converse about what you're hearing as well and what you are perceiving as well. Have you ever been in a situation where you felt like you were on the outside looking in? You felt like you had something to say, but you didn't know how to say it. You felt like you had a message, but you didn't know how to get the message where it needed to go. Well, guess what? We want to take down all those walls. We want to create greater avenues of conversation, of communication, of trust, so that we can be a real people. We can be a real church. We could be the body of Christ. So with that said, let's pray. And, I, and I'm, I invite you to pray. I invite you just to go to the Lord right now and begin to just make your request known unto the Lord right now. Father God, we're coming before you right now, Lord, and we ask that you would speak and that you would move through the word. Father, I pray that you would open our eyes and our hearts and our minds. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would change us. I pray that you would call us to be, Father God, the true church. Father, I, I pray that you would allow us, Father, to arrive slowly but surely at the place, Lord, that you are showing us. Father God, we love you and we're sorry. We're sorry, Lord, for, for, for the things that we have made church. We're sorry for the things that, that we have not been able to be to one another in true relationship. Father, we're sorry for the busyness of life. We're sorry, Father God, for the attention to uh, organizational or professional elements or aspects of ministry where we've neglected true relationship with, with you and with one another. And so, Father, I really do believe that you're bringing us to a place of new beginnings. I, I, I believe, Father, that you're bringing us to a place of a greater understanding, Father God. I pray that, Lord, and I believe that you're bringing us to a, a, a greater place of being, Lord, and that, that place of being is the body, is the church, is your family. So, Father, make us into that family. We pray all this in Jesus' name, and the people of God said, the people of God said, come on, give God a hand of praise. Come on, it's all right. Now everybody say the word. Praise the Lord. The title of today's message is Stop Tripping. Turn to your neighbor and say, stop tripping. Turn to your other neighbor, your other neighbor, and say, stop tripping. Okay, so if you don't know what stop tripping means, it means, watch this, it means don't worry. It means stop worrying if possible. And I know it's hard for some of us not to worry. Some of us say, man, I, I've been a worry wart as far as I can remember. My mom was a worry wart, and she passed that on to me. 
Or my dad is a worry wart, and he passed that on to me. Some, some people say, hey, I got to keep something in the family. No, but say, say Satan. Say Satan. I bind you in Jesus' name. So I believe God wants to deliver us from this, this spirit of, of anxiety, the spirit of worry, the spirit of tripping. I believe God wants to bring us to a greater place. Somebody say greater. I believe God wants greater and better for us, and I'm not afraid to say that. I believe God wants greater and better for us. But the only way we can get to better, the only way we can get to greater is if we overcome. The Bible says if God is for us, who can be against us? The Bible also says greater is he who is in you than he who is what? In the world. So if, if you claim Jesus, if you claim Jesus, then we need to act Jesus. If we trust Jesus, if we trust Jesus, then we have to live Jesus. All right? So, so, so God wants to deliver us from this this. This disease of worry. God wants to deliver us from this spirit that really oppresses, suppresses, and depresses. And that is this proclivity to worry. The scripture has a lot to say about that. And when I say scripture, I mean Jesus. Jesus, in his red letters, in the Sermon on the Mount, when he was teaching, preaching, speaking to a multitude of people, he was speaking from a place where they could all hear him because they didn't have amplified technology, right? They didn't have speakers, microphones. They used the natural elements. They used the natural elements to get across the message of the kingdom, somebody say the kingdom, to a larger crowd. And this is what it says. Therefore, Jesus says, I tell you, do not worry about your life. The Greek word for worry is marimnao. Marimnao. Marimnao means to worry. To be preoccupied, to be diseased with anxiety, to be sick. Some people have coined that mental health in recent times. How many of you have been hearing, reading about, or learning about mental health? Which is different from mental illness. Mental health is trying to talk about the places that we are emotionally and how mentally and emotionally it affects us also physically. And when mentally and emotionally and physically we are sick, it also hurts us socially. It, help, it hurts us relationally. It hurts us. But God wants to deliver us from hurt. God wants to help us from being sick to being healthy, and to being whole. I'm 42 years old, and I feel like a new man. 
I'm 42 years old, and God called me into ministry 18 years ago out of baseball. Although it's been a part of my life's journey to God bring me to this place in my own personal life and walk, I feel like God is bringing me to a place of greater trust in him and in his word. He's bringing me into a greater place of trust and in his word because he's trying to show me how we as the body of Christ are meant to be more relatable to one another and to truly live out the kingdom of God. So he says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Matthew chapter 6, sorry, verses 25 through 34. Thank you, Pastor Boomy. It's like, say, hey, show up for the barbecue. And you're like, you didn't send me the address, homie. Oh, my bad. Here it is. I'll do you one better. I'll drop a pinpoint on the map for you. So... He says, don't worry. Don't worry about your life. Jesus said, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about anything pertaining to, centering around, connected to, related to. Don't worry about anything about your life. Oh, but, but pastor, if you only knew, Jesus said, don't worry about anything about your life. Oh, but pastor, if you even if you if you could feel, but but Jesus says, don't worry about anything regarding your life. How many of you love Jesus? How many of you trust in Jesus? So then we have to place our faith and our trust with him and with what he's saying. He says, don't worry about your life what you will eat or drink, or your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Jesus says, don't you have greater worth? Aren't you more expansive the Greek word here is expansive. He says, aren't you of greater worth and of greater value than them? Who by worrying can add a single measure to his life? Your translation in the NIV may say our. Other translations say different things. But the word here in Greek is the word measure. It means you can't add an inch to your height by worrying. You can't add a day to your life by worrying. You can't add money to your bank account by worrying. You can't add, you can't add centimeters or inches to your feet by worrying. You can't add not one iota or unit of growth to your life by worrying, by being preoccupied, by centering on the wrong things, by allowing the things of this world, the lust of life, the pride of life, to weigh upon you and still think that you are going to increase 
or improve or be greater or be better than you are right now. Not one second, not one minute of worrying, not one second of preoccupation, not one second of, of trying to figure it out. How many of you guys are always trying to figure it out? Raise your hand. Come on. Come on. Tell the truth. How many of you guys are saying, yeah, Pastor, I'm always trying to figure it out? I'm always trying to figure it out. And some of us are teachers by nature. And one of the things I learned this past week in our, in our spiritual gifts evaluation is that teachers are not satisfied with one answer. Teachers have to go to that answer and then ask the next question, why? And then you go, you get, you get to that answer or that new conclusion. Somebody say new conclusion. And then you, ask the, then you ask the next question, right, the next logical question, and why is that? Right? And then why is that? And then why is that? Right, right, teacher? Right, Sister Lydia? And why is that? And you know, there's something about us and something about people who are teachers that are not satisfied until they get to the ultimate why. Maybe in the workplace they call it the five whys, right, of organizational leadership. Right? Until you get to the fifth why to understand something. But guess what? Sometimes asking questions to the to the infinite why is not going to, uh, the realization of it is not still going to add not one thing to your life or my life, although it's good for understanding. Understanding is not bad. Bible says if any of you desires wisdom, see, ask of God and he shall give it to you. If you ask something of God and his promises that he's going to give it to us, guess what? He's going to give it to you. It may not come the way we want it, it may not come on the timeline or the time frame that you want it, but it's coming. And he's going to give you opportunities to discover that he's already shown you it. And that's where we get to this next portion of Scripture. Matthew chapter 6. Now go to verse 22. Now I'm going to, I'm going to fall back on our Scripture from last week, right, when we talked about verses 19 through 24. No one can serve two masters, right? We talked about treasures in heaven. We talked about the emphasis and the importance of re relationships and what it means to serve God and not money, not material, all those kinds of things, right? But look what it says here in verse 22. And, and I pray that this is eye-opening, excuse the pun, for all of us. It says the eye is the lamp of your body. Pay attention. If you don't have a Bible, pay attention clearly then. Open your ears. It says, the eye is the lamp of your body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So it's using metaphorically speaking, anatomically speaking, physiologically speaking, our eye as a way of understanding or perceiving. Somebody say perceiving. Perceiving has to do with seeing, hearing, and understanding, and ultimately brings us to a place of knowing. Somebody say preach, pastor. So when we see, when we hear, when we discern, when we understand, it brings us to a place of knowing. A place of knowledge. So when Jesus says right here, the eye is the lamp of the body, 
And the Greek word for I is ophthalmos. Everybody say ophthalmos, which is where we get the word ophthalmology, of or pertaining to the eye, or the study of the eye, or optometrist, right? Watch this. What Jesus is trying to get us to understand right here is the reason why we are so sick, if in fact we have been sick, or we worry ourselves to death, causing us to the point of bringing us to a break, possibly a mental breakdown, an emotional breakdown. Watch this. Because of life, because of circumstance, because of situation, because of decisions, because of actions, because of what we've done, or, or because of what has happened to us. Hasn't life happened to all of us? So what is Jesus trying to do right here to teach us then and to demonstrate to us how to handle the challenges or the needs of life? He said food and water. Don't we all need food and water to live? How many of you know that food and water is required in order for us to live? Jesus knows that. Jesus knows that. How many of you know that we all got clothes on today? Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. There's no body shaming going on. No, no. We all got clothes. We all, you know, God's like, hey, I got you covered. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I got you covered. You, got, you get it? But anyway, watch this. Watch this, you guys. What he's, seeing, what he's saying to us is this. If we are going to understand what the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is all about, then we have to ask the Lord to open our eyes wide open. Because our eyes, our heart, our mind is how we perceive everything. The reason why we're sick is because we're seeing and we're perceiving and we're handling and managing things a certain way because that's how we see it. Because that's how we see things. Or watch this. That's how we grew up. Or, or that's how I was taught. Or that's how my family was. That's how I am. Somebody say, that's how I am. How you are and who you are and everything that, that makes up who you are, watch this, is how you perceive things in the world. And Jesus, what he's teaching us here is that he wants us to have a kingdom perspective. He wants us to have a kingdom lens. He wants us to have a kingdom vision, a kingdom sight. He wants us to have... The, the, the kind of vision that will allow us to see things through the kingdom of God, through the kingdom of heaven, and that truly is to be delivered of ourselves. What it means is to be delivered of a way of thinking, a way of opinion, a way of doing X, Y, Z that has been troubling, that has been self-destructive, that has been harmful, that has been hurtful, that has been painful, and that has been non-productive. And then the vicious cycle goes on and happens over and over and over and over and over and over again. 
And we're still asking the question, why am I still in the same place as before? Why am I still being troubled by the same anxieties, the same worries, the same sickness, the same illness, the same disease, and not being delivered of it? Because of pride. Because of control. Because of how we want to handle it. We want to see things. We want to do things. But I want to change. I want to be different. I want God to work. I do want God to heal me. I believe God can deliver through prayer. I believe God has given us the word of God to bring us to a place of understanding and deliverance as well. But I also believe that we have to be open. We have to be open and our hearts and our minds have to be open to what God is showing us. Somebody say showing. Let's continue in the passage. Look who it says in verse 26 of chapter 6. Look. Somebody say look. That's what... The eye does. The eye looks. If the eye is shut, if our lives are shut, if our hearts are shut, if our minds are shut, then guess what? The lamp or the body that that makes up who we are, our life and everything and the way we perceive things, guess what? It will constantly be in darkness. According to verse 22, Jesus says, look at the birds. In other words, he's given us a demonstration of seeing what God is trying to to bring to us. He says, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow, reap, or store away, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than them? Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single measure to his or her life? I want to tell a story real quick. Thursday, I finished... Uh, officiating and, and pastoring a family through a very, very uh, tragic loss of a father and their family, a very good man. Uh, his name was Gino Cuaron. He comes from the neighborhood over here. And, but it was a beautiful time together. After the funeral, I was like, all right, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being with me, Father. Thank you for giving me the words, Lord Jesus, to, to minister and to be with the, the, the people and love them here from, from, from the heart. And as I was walking out of my office to make sure my door was shut, I went to my truck. You guys, watch this. I went to my truck, and my side uh, rear door was open of my truck. And I was like, I don't remember leaving the the side door to my truck open. Because if that was the case, it's been open for the last six hours. And I know somebody here from church would have walked by and shut it for me and hit me up like, Pastor, stop tripping. Your door's open. So anyways, I go there, and I go to shut the door, bro. And, and, and I go and look in like that, and I'm about to close it. How come there was, a, there, was a, there was a brother sitting in my truck, slumped over, leaning over on the, on, the hand, on the hand rest with the paper bag, munching on some cherries? Like, The first time I saw this gentleman was right after the funeral. I was walking out of Transitions Hall. And he was standing right here just looking at the vast expanse of the Los Angeles Basin all the way to the San Gabriel Mountains right here. He was staring out there yonder. And I was like, hey, there's a brother in Christ right there. And this brother was a homeless brother. He was an older Japanese man, Japanese-American man. And I saw him there out here and I said hello. Well, when I came back and get in my truck, he was posted up in my truck. 
And I got in right there, and I was just like, clearly, I'm the Uber driver today. So I said, so where are we headed, bro? And then he just said, I don't know, as if to say, like, wherever you're headed. And I was like, right on, bro. I closed the door. I saw that the inside of my truck light was still on. I went over there and closed his door again. And I said, well, what's your name? He says, they call me Leo. I said, all right, you can call me Angel. Because I don't know why God brought me here to you and you to me, but today I must be a messenger. We got on a journey for the next two hours driving around Los Angeles. Neither of us knew where we were going. I was simply trying to take him where he was trying to communicate to me, and he was not able to, to just communicate clearly what he needed, where he wanted to go. But I said, praise God. God, you're obviously doing something. I said, well, we didn't find the people that he was looking for. He wanted to take a bus to Marengo Casino and go gambling. I said, I don't think we're going to find those people, my man. I said, why don't we just wait, head back to the church where we met in my truck. And let's make some sense out of this. Is that okay? He says, aight. Which in Japanese means yes. On our way here to the church, it was about 2.30 by then. I said, you know, I thought to myself, sushi sounds good. I said, hey, Leo, how about some tempura sushi? He said, aight. We pulled up to uh, Taki, the sushi spot right across the street. I was so excited to throw down with the brother. We went into the store. We ordered the two for three special. You buy two rolls of sushi, you get one free. I bought spicy tuna. We bought a tempura sushi wrap. I can't even remember what the third one was. I had to help him out of the truck. He had a cane and he walked slumped over just like this. We walked all the way to the tables right outside of Chile Verde because that's where the shaded area is. They called us to, to, to get our sushi order. We went back out there and I showed him the way to sit down and helped him to his seat. I threw open the to-go bag because now everything is boxed up in to-go. And I put right there his tempura sushi roll right in front of him. I opened up my spicy tuna. I sat down and I, I grabbed the chopsticks because I love eating with chopsticks because I can. And I offered him a fork or, a, or chopsticks and he, he preferred the chopsticks. I sat right there and I said, Leo, let's pray. And we, I mean, what we were doing was already more than a prayer, amen? What we were already doing was already more than a prayer. How many of you know that God loves us and he provides for our needs? How many of you know that he loves us more than the birds? How many of you know that he loves us more than the flowers? How many of you know that he, more, he loves us more than anything in the world? Because we're his children. And we sat down right there, and I, I grabbed the soy sauce, and I mixed it with the, with the wasabi, because I love me some, a lot of wasabi. I love it like when the fire comes out of your nose, you know what I'm saying? And we're eating right there, and I'm, I, I kid you not, he got into his, his seat. He sat upright. He got his, 
He got his, uh, his chopsticks, and he just began to eat. And he was crushing it. And I offered, you want some of mine? And he goes, I And he went over to mine. He just started eating mine, too. You know, like, hey, well, can I have some of yours? He goes, I And I reached over to him. I started eating some of his. You know what I'm saying? Don't judge me, y'all. Don't judge me. The Bible says it's not dirty what, 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 what is on the outside, but what comes out of the man that defines him. Can I hear an amen? And, and we were just eating right there. But I tell you what, I felt as if, and, and track with me real quick. And, and, and just allow me real quick. I felt like he went from being homeless to your highness. God met his need. God cared for him. I didn't know I was going to be the angel that day. I did not know that I was going to be the, the Uber that day. I didn't know that, did not know that that man was going to bless me. And that man, God was going to teach me through that, that man, that brother. God cares, God loves each and every one of us. The Bible says, cast all of your cares upon him because what? He cares for you. The Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7 says, Be therefore anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let all of your requests be made known unto him so that the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Somebody say understanding. Somebody say perception. Somebody say the way I see things. So that the peace of God, which surpasses the way I see things and the way that I am and the way that they were, can bring me to the new place, to the new man, to the new woman that I am today. That's why I stand before you as a changed man. I stand before you as a delivered man. I stand before you as a man who feels like a new man. And I believe that God is calling us to be a new people. I believe God is calling us to new beginnings. I believe God wants us to take this message that he has given to us of love and of relationship and, 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 and the body of Christ to the world. But it starts right here with one another. Can I hear an Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants to open our eyes. God wants to open our eyes. Look at in verse 28. He says, and why do you worry about clothes? He says, see. We see with the eye. The eye is the opening to everything that we are, including our thoughts and our actions and our body. And God wants to give us a new body. God wants to give us a new, a new way of living, a new way of life, a new way of understanding, a new way of serving him, a new way of trusting, a new way of working it out and living out the gospel with one another. It says, see how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these Solomon was one of the wisest kings in the history of Israel. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? So don't worry. Somebody say, don't worry. don't worry. Saying, what shall I eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? 
For the unbelievers, the pagans, run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. God knows your need. He knows your preoccupation. He knows what you want. God knows it before you even utter it. God knows it before it's even a a thought. God knows what you need. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 37, verse 4, Delight thyself in the ways of the Lord, and he shall grant you the desires of your heart. You better know that God knows the desires of your heart. He simply says, delight in me. Delight in my son Jesus. Delight in one another as the body of Christ. Delight in the word of God. Delight in truth. Delight in honesty. Delight in peace. Delight in joy. Delight in love. Delight in kindness. Delight in gentleness. Delight in faithfulness. Delight in goodness. Delight in self-control. For these things, there is no law. There is nothing against such things in the kingdom of God. God is teaching us how to live out the kingdom of God. Mission Ebenezer, oh, we should feel blessed. Oh, church, we should should be blessed. We should know that we're blessed. I almost said lucky, but lucky just means it's preparation and opportunity when they meet. I know I'm saying a whole lot of things, church. You may have to go and watch this sermon or send it to somebody later. We should know and understand that we are so blessed that God has chosen to start here at this beautiful people. That God is already working. God's already delivered you. God's already delivered me. God's already delivered me. God's already delivered you. Hallelujah. If that ain't enough, somebody say, somebody say, give me another one, Pastor. If that ain't enough, God was demonstrating to me how he cares for even one of his children. And we're not even talking about Christians. We're not talking about believers that, oh, God only cares about Christians. Or God only cares about believers. No, God cares about every human being. No matter where they are, no matter what station of life, whether they're rich or poor, doesn't matter what color, what culture, what class, what system they come from. It doesn't matter what situation they're in. It doesn't matter whether you're in jail, whether you're going to court. It doesn't matter if you don't have any blame or if you don't have anything counted against you. Guess what? None of us are better than any other. We're all the same level at the foot of the cross. We're all the same. We are brothers and sisters in the family of God. We are brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. Can I hear an amen? God said, God said, son, I want to teach you some more about my goodness. I want to teach you some more about this principle of not worrying. I want to teach you some more about trusting in me and meeting the needs of others. I said, okay, Lord, what you got? So yesterday, Boomi and I, we went on a date with Lola. And so Lola was going around telling everybody, hi, and she has never met a stranger in her life. Y'all didn't get that one, did you? She knows everybody. She's going up to everybody saying, hi, we're on a mommy, daddy, Lola date. Watch this. Boomy had to go and take care of something at the Gap right there at Long Beach Pike. The Long Beach Pike, it was so packed out. So, all right, man, we're going to put our name over here in the, uh, the CPK. And we're at the CPK right there overlooking the Long Beach Convention Center. And we were waiting on the outdoor patio for them to call our name, party of three. And, and sure enough, we went around the corner, 
and there was there was a there was a guy who was walking out of a restaurant, and as he was walking out of the restaurant, he had kind of a fast pace, and he had a backpack on that he was just kind of throwing over his shoulder, and then right behind him, about ten paces, was the server dressing all black with the black thing with the bill, saying, "Sir, sir, your bill, sir, your bill." And as I saw what was unfolding and happening right there in front of me, I, I looked and I paid attention because I wanted to perceive to see the right thing and not the wrong thing. Can I hear an amen? I didn't want to go to judge. I didn't want to go to do this. I didn't want to go to do that. I said, God, what's happening? What's unfolding right before me, Father God? What's, what's going on right here? Sure enough, the man said, excuse me, excuse me. And the guy stopped. He turned around. And he says, your bill. He goes, oh, man. He started to check one pocket. Then he checked the front. Then he went to the back pocket. Then he went to the, you know, you guys know what was happening, right? Then, then he sat down and he opened up his bag, you know, and he was, looked like he was looking for something to pay which he really did not have. I already saw because of discernment and the vision and the wisdom that God has given to me what was about to happen. I said, Lola, be careful right there. I went over there and I said, my man, I got this. I get my credit card. He said, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, this ain't about me, this ain't about me. He gave him the credit card. He goes, what, what, are, you, what are you doing? I go, taking care of his bill. Why, in the, why, why are you doing it? I said, don't worry about why, bro, just take it. I didn't look at how much it was. It could have been a thousand bucks. And I would have been like, okay, so what, God, you're going to provide the thousand bucks? I just took the bill and I gave him the credit card and I was just like, here, put it on my tab, put it on my account. He said, well, I mean, how are you going to pay me? You're going to come over here? I said, my daughter's right here, man. I'll be right here. Just come find me, bro. I looked down at the gentleman who was sitting there on the stairs, and he just kind of looked. He looked, kind of looked the other way. And as soon as the other man took his first step to go and ring it up, he just bolted and took out. I said, excuse me, my man. Excuse me, my man. He, he just kept his head down. I said, excuse me, sir. What's your name? He said, just call me L. I said, what's up, L? I said, hey, man, I love you, man. My name's Josh, the big man upstairs looking out for you. Thank you. He left. That was it. There was a young man who needed food to put in his stomach. So he went to a, a diner, and without pain, he dashed. And I saw a need, and I saw a situation. I said, Lord, how can I meet the need? How can I approach this situation? He brought back the, the little, what is it, the server's uh, folder with the receipt. It was $14.55. So I rounded it up. I gave him a tip. Made it $20 even. $4.45. I'm good at math. I gave it to him like that. I said, have a good day. He goes, I really appreciate what you did. We always have to go after them if they try to dine and dash just to try to discourage that kind of behavior. I go, no worry, bro. He was just hungry. And he went and he left. I said, hey, I got back to Lola. She was swinging, probably doing somersaults off the rail. You know, I don't know how many times the workers came out and says, excuse me, little girl, can you please get down from the rail? She's like doing gymnastics, Simone Biles stuff. I went over to the car because I was like, damn, I'm getting kind of musty. You know, like that was kind of like, that was kind of a sticky situation. You know, and I went in my car real quick. I sprayed myself with some cologne. And I went over there with Lola as I walked over right around the corner how come there was a $20 bill just floating right there right next to me
And when I say I went around the corner, I went around the other side of the building where there was nobody. It was, it was going to the trash bins, the trash cans. And that's where Lola had run after I had sprayed myself with cologne next to my vehicle that was parked in front of Islands right there by at the Pike. Most of you guys have been there. You know what I'm talking about. I went around right there towards where Starbucks is and right around there. And I, we were blessed to have a front row parking spot. As soon as we pulled up, I was like, what? What? God, what? And I saw something green. Somebody say green. I saw something green, 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 green. And went over there. And I didn't know how much it was, D. And I just went like that. And I was like, do, 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 do. You know, like when, when, you, when you stretch money, it makes that sound. Do, do. And I was like, do, do, do. I was like, that's 20 bucks. I'm listening, God. I'm listening, God. I'm listening, God. God, I'm listening. What are you saying, God? God, what are you showing me, God? God, what are you trying to change about me, God? like I know not only cover the needs of others but I also cover your needs too so we went to CPK and I could barely contain myself Boomy showed up from from Gap and the server came over he's like how can I help you today I was like man you want to hear a story he's like wow yeah it happens I was like no it doesn't happen God happens He's like, well, he was like, well, I said, God happens. And that was God. Within minutes of writing a check and covering somebody's tab $20 to the cent, God showed up and gave me a $20 bill. And you know, as a matter of fact, my bro, I love you, dog. This is a tip ahead of time. And we're going to give you a tip after we get the food. This is just for you. This is from God, bro. So then my wife, my wife, being who she is, she says, oh, so is God going to give you $40 real soon? I was just like, you never know. Church, stand up. Church, stand up and give God some praise today. Church, give God some praise today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We serve a God who is alive and well and wants to see us living out the kingdom taking control of our lives by surrendering control to him. Hallelujah. Verse 33. You're, I know those of you who know the word of God, you're like, Pastor, you didn't even get to verse 33 yet. We're going to say it together. We're going to say it together. All right, everybody say, seek. seek. First, First, the kingdom of God, kingdom of God. And, his righteousness. and his righteousness and all these things and everything, and every thought, and every need, and every person, and every situation shall be added unto you, shall be added unto me. Say it, say it, shall be added unto me, shall be added unto us. Hallelujah.